Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike, people who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when Thanks you're for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. I'm Adam Elliott. And I'm Ben Anton. We've got some very special things to talk about today. It's, it's as if... Uh, the stars aligned months ago uh-huh. to put us on a trajectory. Many of you know the Near East Side of Madison has been alive with ice cream stories. And yeah. we have, we're going to put some, uh, not icing, because that wouldn't be silly. Door. We're going to put like some chocolate syrup and there a cherry go. atop the season sprinkles? Of, of ice cream Little stories. sprinkles on there. Throw some, some sprinkles, sprinkles on. Well, we should remind everyone, Real Estate in the 608 is a real estate magazine, of course, for your ears, where we feature local music from artists in the 608, but that's not all. We're going to have some things from our friends at the Lauer Realty Group, including the top-of-the-hour tip, mm-hmm. the market update, and from Phil Plord, president of Blimling & Associates, a division of Dairy.com, we will have a look beyond the 608. And they're all kind of little nuggets of advice and information to help you stay informed about things happening in the real estate world. Yeah, we surround ourselves with people who are smarter than we are for you. My name is Adam Elliott. I'm a former news reporter in the Madison area. You're the real estate expert. Uh, you know I hedge from expert, but I, I love real estate. I do all kinds of real estate, and, and I like to play with people who do real estate too. So uh, so that's how we get to here and today, and because uh, we like to make real estate more accessible. Mm-hmm. It's like regular folk real estate. The neighborhood was all a tizzy. At the end of the summer sure and into was. the winter, as the chocolate shop ice cream yeah. uh, location, mm-hmm. uh, was, the building was sold, displacing the chocolate shop, uh, we're going to have the, uh, the now owners of the pie-shaped building at 2302 Atwood, Casey Davenport representing what will be the Atwood Scoop. Got some questions for him and what's going on there, but what's been going on since last time, Ben? Learn just today. So this will be week old by the time you listen to it, if not more. But Shep Ice Cream uh-huh. has yep. been purchased. For the better or for the worse? It's going to be ice cream it's still. It's going to stay ice cream. Okay. So that means people get to keep their jobs. A majority oh. of the people working there will remain. This is sounding for the better, then. It does sound yeah. for the better. A company called Brothers Desserts, mm-hmm. maker of Brothers Ice Cream, Sure. But also a couple other uh, f- fruity frozen brands. Okay. Uh, in Irvine, California. Oh, all right. So excited to have excited to welcome them to the neighborhood. We'll need to bridge the uh, Wisconsin California dairy connection here to make sure a, everything is okay. <laughs> that was a comment because everybody's like, ah, California, and then someone said the cows need to be cold to make good ice cream. The cows need to be cold. But excited that that's happening, and uh, and I and I almost wonder. Though I, I think they're going to maintain the Shep name. There's probably right. some value in that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a great distribution channel for, for a new brand. They mm-hmm. seemed, uh, from their online presence, they seem to be a little bit natural, a little bit, you know, like they might... Earthy, like crunchy kind of, type of thing. Yeah, they, might fit, they, they might fit in okay. Yeah, <laughs> east side of Madison. But that was not the only like news. Because we talk about the headlines, we often talk about uh, commercial sales of note mm-hmm. things. And, um, and I should have looked this up earlier. 
because on Friday I was out. I was going to go out with my ladies, all three of them. Mm-hmm. Hard to get them to agree. Uh, my daughters and my girlfriend mm-hmm. on where we can go. Uh, girlfriend conceded. Jade Garden. Jade Garden. Closed forever. Still open? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Jade Garden, South Park Street. Yeah. My my favorite buffet, my favorite, favorite my then favorite Chinese buffet, closed forever. Uh, but here, so here, we'll talk, we talked about a couple bars for sale, yeah. you know, 350 450 in mm-hmm. that range. Mm-hmm. So here is an opportunity to buy a business without the real estate, oh. just the business name. Okay. So what did that cost you? About $28,000. Twenty-eight. That's twenty-eight. You get the, the you can you can open up a jade garden with all their equipment right down to the forks and knives, Essentially chopsticks. Right I suppose are disposable, uh-huh. but there may be a few included. Uh, then you're going to pay because you don't own the building. Your purchase is also tying you into a lease, thirty-two fifty a month. Thirty-two fifty. Okay. So, so that's that's steep. That's that's a lot of money. Seems like it's a, a lot. big it's yeah. a big building. There's like ten thousand square feet, which you don't. I don't think you ever yeah. like. There's that back. That back, uh, back little uh, uh, dining room off the rear, mm-hmm. and every once in a while you'll see the guy like shucking peas in there. <laughs> it's like there's they run out of room in the kitchen or wanted to catch something on the radio. He's sitting in the sitting in the darkened dining room shucking peas. It is a job that needs to be done sometimes. It needs to know? get done, and he just wanted to do it in a little private space. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so there you go. You can buy the business for twenty eight five, which Ooh. is all the equipment and the the good name, the the, the rapport. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it's also going to obligate you to a pretty hefty lease at thirty two fifty a month, which is pretty cheap per square foot because it's yeah. big. But that's a lot of egg rolls. You are going to have to sell. A that's, lot of egg rolls. That's a lot, but considering like the location, I almost want to say that because like that's, I mean, not the heart of the downtown eating scene, but pretty close to it. Yeah, but with all the change on South Park Street, I think that there's yeah. a directionality to where that that development is going. Yeah, and and that building and that restaurant and that presentation will probably not make the cut. So where'd you end up eating? Taquiera, Guadalajara. Oh, delicious! The long it was. It they were so busy though. It was painful. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Christina makes me tip like way too much, even when the service is bad. And I'm like, well, how will they know? <laughs> A little bit about me that well, you didn't need to know. Everybody went to tried to go to Jade Garden. Like, everybody nope, went to Jade Garden. It's like on the road. On to the cheapest sale and right. the highest sale. That we talk about the bookends. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you two cheap sales. One Dane County. One. Madison proper, just okay. to give you a little idea, because because in Dane County we are again in Edgerton, back in the southeast corner of mm-hmm. the county. Mm-hmm. We're, we've got lake access again. Yeah. We're in one of those little cottages. All right, yeah. On on your favorite lake, Co- yeah. is it Koshkanong? Koshkanong, Lake Koshkanong, yep. and we're seven hundred and twenty cottage square feet. A partial S- basement, small, yeah. right? But one bed. You could move in mm. to this tiny little laminate and. Flat white paint house. I mean, it's not pretty. It was cheap. It was like forty thousand dollars. Forty, yeah, yeah. I remember the last one that was on Koshkanong that we talked about was like, you know, it had a family of squirrels living in it. That one was, was like apart. what, like nineteen or twenty nine? <laughs> yeah. So you're you're paying a little extra for the fact there's a ceiling, um, and then but that also gets us onto the cheapest sale in Madison proper was on Seminole, and that was a one forty nine. So eight hundred and twenty mm. square feet on a slab. Warwick Way, just off of Seminole. Okay, yeah. And uh, so it, it, it's kind of, it's like, if you only ever wanted to go to the Arboretum, that's a great neighborhood for right. you. Right, yeah. All right. But there we go. So, 
cheapest sales. But now, on to the Gold Coast. The, <laughs> the, the Gold Coast of Madison? Did you ever hear about ever hear something called the Gold Coast? Uh, sure, in like a Jimmy Buffett song or something All right. like that. Well, the, you know, the people who, buy, who bought this house probably love Jimmy Buffett. I'm just going <laughs> to throw around some stereotypes here. Uh, 4627 Tony Awatha Trail. Mm-hmm. I know that area. So it's we know... It's Monona, just about... Either Monona Jason or in Monona proper. I think people... That's Monona proper. It is, yeah. I think that people with boats refer to that as the Gold Coast and like that's where you, that's oh. where all the new development, all the big houses. Okay. Right. Okay. So here's something I did not know about Monona, even after having Lindsay Wood Davis, right. Monona famous yeah. guest on last last season. Um Tony Watha Trail was the former location of the Tony Watha Springs Hotel. Really? There was a I'm gonna. Can I say? I would say big ass. There's a big ass spa and hotel what? built there in 1885. Oh, like, like wow. there's a spring. Tony Watha Springs uh-huh. is a thing that is still there and okay. covered with like a rusty manhole cover. Yeah. But in 1885, they built this behemoth hotel, hotel and spa for people yeah, you know don't. all the way on the other side of the lake. So like you would go there. To, to rejuvenate and rest, and the water from the Tony Watha Spring would like it had it was rumored to like cure what ails you. Oh right, yeah, right. Uh-huh. It was one of those yeah. kind of fountain of youth, right? Fountain yeah. of youth. Um, but it burned down in 1895, right? You're kidding. And, there, wow. and there was never built, never nobody did nothing with it. Wow. Not so, hurt. so like it's there for ten or eleven years. <laughs> it's huge. You should look it up. Um, <laughs> it, it was like and it was like t- super old timey and a wooden structure with like three wings and three stories tall and balconies and verandas and oh, it was like wow. it's like wow. We gotta see if we can. This find is it, like, like something you'd imagine seeing like in Woodruff, Wisconsin, like where nice. where the gambling money went, <laughs> like the where the people who ran speakeasies like put their money into Manaqua. Right. Anyway, so so I learned that that was neat. Um, but that's where, so Tony Watha Trail, this house is not the exact site of, but on the street that was the, would have been the hotel. Right. Um, 94 feet of frontage on the lake. Is that good or bad? I don't know. That's 100 feet. Sure. Uh, well, think about feet's it. Pretty, 100 pretty feet is pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's like double, double the city lot. So you're going to feel, sure. you're not going to feel pressed. Um, 4,200 square feet, five bedroom, four bath, $1.65 million. 1.65, yeah. Yeah, they started out like seven, yeah. uh, one seven. One eight took 150 days to sell, came down about 150 thousand dollars. So like like every day on market, it was like a thousand dollars less. So <laughs> so sometime in the year 2027, I could have afforded it for yeah for a nickel, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's but anyway, so that was so the biggest the biggest sale, first most expensive sale to be on Monona. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we've had Mendota mm-hmm. and Wingra and Far West Side. All right, well, those are from the headlines. Uh, let's talk about who's just about to join us in studio one more time. Just about to join us in studio is Casey Davenport of not only of the Atwood Scoop, but also of Best Buds Landscaping. Oh, so he's a multitasker. You, he's a multitasker, <laughs> and I want to find out how he, how, what kind of meandering path he went from, because uh, my understanding, and we'll learn more, is that the Best Buds, the Best Buds uh, Landscaping was literally like, Two best buds, like when Lola and her friend put a T-shirt on and like said we're going to be like a dog walking company. This the best buds is is a story that starts like that. That's but, how that was born, huh? But keeps going. Okay, I'm also curious to ask him about like his take on the ice cream. What do we want to call this? The ice cream saga of the east side of Madison. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Right. Let's take a break for the top of the hour tip. Hi. 
Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. Been with today's top of the hour tip is Lindsay Cooper, realtor at the Lauer Realty Group. Take it away, Lindsay. Hey, Ben. So fun fact, the ground directly adjacent your house does not freeze the way it does further out in your yard. So when we have our first spring rains, the water is likely to soak in close to your foundation. So it's super important to make sure that your gutters are clean so that that water can flow far away. So the water can flow far away. Far, far away. Important then to have clean gutters in the fall. As well. Might want to get, it's still a little cold to get up there, but if you think your gutters are full of schmutz. Get out that ladder. Get out that ladder and prepare for those heavy spring rains. It's coming, we hope. Thank you, Lindsay. You're welcome. Lindsay's here with the top of the hour tip. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He has been Anton, and we are back to talk about that house that Ronda bought. Mm-hmm. Which turns into the house that Ronda built only after the house that Ronda tore down, right? Right. So the house is still there, um, and then we met with the neighborhood. She met with the neighborhood, mixed reviews, but everybody's like, okay. So that puts you back to the city. Mm-hmm. And after meeting with the architect, drawing up the plans, understanding what was supposed to happen, you take your plans to the city. You don't just take the plans. You take 28 copies of your plans. What? And those plans on a thumb drive to save a tree, I'm guessing. Um, and then, and that's when they give you your yellow sign, which is like the yellow uh-huh. sign that goes up, yeah. which is like, warning, something is happening here. Gotcha. So this so, is the precursor for building your new house. Actually, it's a precursor for demoing the b- old house, right? Demoing and building. It's and all, building. all in one. It's all together. But okay. uh, 28 copies of the plans... So that it can get disseminated to all the departments and all the people. And then a thumb drive, and then you get the yellow sign, but then it still takes 60 days. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is not, even though this is like, this is the planning department, right? You guys look at plans. This is what you do. I am learning so much about government. Like, I don't want to say inefficiency. Government's great. Blah, you blah, can blah, say blah. there's some red tape in there. A lot of red tape, mm-hmm. or at least just. Like red tape suggests like boundary or border. There's just a lot of tape. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure what color this it's tape duct is. Duct tape, masking tape. Who but knows? it is it is a lot of tape. Um, and and that means selling it not not building right away in spring, which is a little unfortunate because oh, right, yeah. that means selling later in the year. Um, and to be honest, the numbers here are very tight. This because mm-hmm. the, the the question has been asked: Did we did we? I, as the agent, she, as the customer, pay too much for this for this house mm-hmm. because we didn't really know what we were going to do with it. And if we were going to live there, It'd we could we, be we'd fine. be just fine because yeah. we'd be into it about what the place is worth. But there's not a lot of butter on that bun, or there's not a lot of meat on the bone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there may be a point at which we evaluate: Is it you know, do you sell it? 
do you keep it? Do you rent it? But if you're going to keep it and rent it, do you put the nice finishes? What do you do? What's, you know, is it mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of decisions yet to be made in the house that Rhonda bought. Yeah. This place had a storied history of being like, uh, bought, sold, used as a rental, and then just kind of parked as is. Do you, do you think like, did anybody else come up with a plan like this and just eventually got to the point where like, you know what? I think I'm going to the sell phase. I think that there that the first few purchases before us were all people who were taking advantage. I mean, and that is, I guess that's what we do too, but not so dirty like. Mm-hmm. You know, like we we see something that we think we can make better, and we think we can profit in doing so. I think those people just saw opportunities to profit. Yeah. I, I I really don't feel that that there was any good intention in mm-hmm. those previous purchases. All right. Well, the story continues. I the suppose. story continues. All right. We will check back in with uh, the house that Rhonda bought when we have our next update. And uh, next. Yeah, we'll... it will be 60 days from now at least. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll take a break and uh, welcome Casey uh, into the fray. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He is Ben Anton, and our in-studio guest has joined us, Casey Davenport. Casey's landlord, landscaper, ice cream purveyor. Are those all appropriate <laughs> titles, Casey? Those are appropriate. Uh, welcome to the studio. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me tonight. It's awesome. So we like to start off uh, asking a couple questions right off the bat. Because we we know that you're a landlord. We know that you're an ice cream purveyor, and we know that you are, are one of the best buds. Yeah, one of the three. Yeah, but uh, but is he fun? Yeah, there's 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 the one. There's only one way to find out, Ben. <laughs> and we and we find out if you are fun by playing a game we call the way it used to be. There used to be. There used to be. There used to be. Used to be nothing but smiling faces, far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree. The Way It Used To Be is a get-to-know-you game, a quiz game, a Madison history and environs game. Let's get it now, on. Now, before before I go to my first question, you said you live on the on the north side. Correct. I think I heard someone say you lived in Maple Bluff, but they said it like it was a dirty word. Right. Isn't that funny? Like, <laughs> like do, do you live do you live in Maple Bluff? I live I live inside of Maple Bluff. Okay, yeah. inside of it because I saw it on Facebook and everybody yeah. wanted to mm-hmm. besmirch you. That's and, funny. And they want and like <laughs> uh, Maple Bluff. Right. Like just because just because our sad last governor like lived there. There's, <laughs> like, there's, there's a sense of elitism that is associated with Maple, this, but I think it's un, unjustly due. Well, I, I don't think it's just some. Right it's totally it's totally changing. I had to sell though, so I had a family that lived over by Kip. And uh, and and they ended up in the bluff because yeah. because everybody's paying so much to be near the uh. near the ice cream that you can get you can get a <laughs> you can get a really nice house in Maple Bluff when you're looking at four hundred now on summers uh-huh. you can get a, sh- a pretty shiny house over yeah. there in Maple yeah. Bluff and then so question one yeah just north of Maple Bluff is Warner Park Madison's yep. minor league ball field. Mm-hmm. Name three of the four minor league teams to call Madison's Warner Park home. The Madison Muskies, the Madison Mallards, and what was before the Mallards? Oh, my gosh. Oh, the Black Wolves. Boy, I want to keep you. 
You get okay. the bell rung. Three Wait, out of four. What was the fourth one, though? The Hatters. The hatters. Yes, the Mad Hatters. How, yeah. how could I forget the... Right. Yes. The funny oh, little, my, yes, funny little, little mouse with a top hat. Yep. They were only All there right. for like two, three years. Well, so can they you blame like me for not knowing them then? Yeah, Come it's on. Okay. It's, okay. It's right. You did well. You did well. All right. There so there's question one. One bell, one bell rung. Uh, question two. Wisconsin state law allows carry-out alcohol sales until 9 p.m., but beer until midnight. Name the North Side liquor store that, due to its location, Vic Pierce n- in the town of Burke. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, that's two blocks from my house. I mean, I, I see it coming and going all the time. If you want to sting, you sit outside of Vic Pierce and find them coming and going at night. That yeah. is correct. So, yeah. Vic Pierce, well done. Uh, yeah. Town of town of Burke, I believe, annexed to Maple Bluff. Correct. But uh, but they grandfathered, and uh, you can you can buy They're still there. Still beer until it. midnight. That's right, Casey. I don't know if you grew up in Madison like I did, but yeah. Vic Pierce is like, it's legendary amongst oh, those who are just on the cusp of <laughs> the drinking age because you know that there's a place to go uh, that yeah. you can get to the carry on. Right. So uh, now, I'm not a drinker, but I, but everybody knows Vic it's, Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and now, and now maybe three more. I mean, there are probably some millennials who don't know. Who might not know. And, yeah. and I learned I have a millennial listener. Oh, really? Yeah. You have one? How did you Just find out? Because he called me up. He says, help me find a house. Oh, God. I like your awesome. podcast. I'm like, well, how did you hear about it? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, question number three, two for two so far. The Lakeview Sanatorium operated atop what is now called Lakeview Hill from 1930 until 1966. What <laughs> then dreaded disease were patients at the sanatorium being treated for? I know this one, too. I would also take its two-letter Abbreviation. I I was think I was trying to think of the two letter abbreviation, I P P I E P. What is it? Uh, I'm gonna go through the whole alphabet I, here yeah, pretty quick. No, I, I'm telling you, <laughs> tuberculosis. Yes. Oh, T B. T B. Yes, I was. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm. Yeah, I knew that one. My gosh. Thank you. Yeah. I would say that you passed it. They passed the test. I think, that's I think a, that, that garbage. That was three percent. Three for three. God, darn it! You were close. Nah, you, you were close on yeah. tuberculosis. We're pretty loose with the rules here. Yeah, anyway, you guys, are, you guys are fun. <laughs> Thanks for being so lenient. I hate everyone. I like you. You know, after we decide you're fun, we go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. You told me you lived in the same bedroom for 38 years. Yeah. Yeah, to, to this to this day. So you haven't necessarily bought your first house yet. I've Folks never moved. Kicked you out, huh? I've <laughs> never moved. You guys, you got to understand that I've never moved in all my life, and yet I've moved approximately forty or fifty times. <laughs> One might ask, how? How does that paradox happen? Well, yes. because yeah. when you have a truck and trailer, everybody says, "Can you come help me move?" Oh, oh. Yeah, so that I've happens. moved right? for all kinds of other people and never ever moved my stuff out of my own house. So oh. what happened is, my middle brother's a realtor. So the long and short of it is that we started uh, Best Buds Landscaping when we were just little tykes in middle school. Like everybody growing up, you mow lawns for some cash. Sure. Well, mm-hmm. we were stupid enough to stay with it, and we did. And so as we, I grew up, I was 25, still living at home. My parents never kicked us out because it wasn't like we were waking up at noon playing video games. We were, we were waking we're up and grinding every citizens. day. We were, we were, we were yeah. starting a, a, what, what some might call a successful business. I think, but they woke up one morning and they looked at each other and they were like, Hey, I don't think they're leaving. <laughs> and, and they were right. We weren't looking to leave anytime soon. So, but my brother Zach, the realtor, 
uh, found a sweet house, a foreclosure down in Cherokee, which is also a north side neighborhood yeah. at the end of Sherman mm-hmm. Avenue. And it was uh, 240000 It was a big house, 3,000 plus square feet. And we're like, that's a deal on a really nice house. Let's flip that house. And it would have been our second or third flip. But when we walked through it, my parents fell in love with it. So they decided to buy it and they moved into that house. And then we we kept their so house the da- in Maple the Davenport Block. brothers are we all still in the in the yeah. original uh, no in the homestead? my my youngest uh, brother got married I don't know six years ago and moved out uh, <laughs> I in, thought you were going to say they moved in no he would have, but there wasn't a bedroom available for him you know I mean? <laughs> and, but in the last in the last year I've been fortunate enough to meet a super fantastic girl and so I've been staying at her house in Columbus Wisconsin more so more of the time well, than, there my, you go. Than, my, than my own house in Maple I had Block. to go outside the city limits for a decent girlfriend too (laughs) i ended up in ford atkinson so the first flip is that so where'd that come from how do you so you're mowing grass all the time and someone says let's flip a house you know it's funny you ask that because uh we never really had any intention of being in real estate except you know over maple bluff a lot of those people have made their millions in real estate and that's how you get income that you're not working for every moment of your life. And at this point, I've been mowing lawns and mulching beds every moment of my life. And until uh, a lady who owned her own real estate company and a bunch of real estate over there um, said to me one day at, at 19 years old, Casey, you got like a handsome little business going right here. I know you guys are making money. You need to start investing in some of that. And, and I said, well, like in what? And she said, real estate. There's a really nice house down the street that you should own. And I was like, what? I don't know what that, what that looks like, but all right, show it to me. So right on my own street in Maple Bluff, 12 houses down the street, there's a, a tiny little house for sale, 1,800 square feet. And it was $140,000. And so I told her, I'll take it. We'll buy it. So I bought my first rental property. I was 21. My brother was 19. Our other brother was 17. He was still in high school. So we pooled our lawn mowing money and we bought our first rental property. Well, there you go. Did you have any concept of like what you were going to do with that and like how to find a renter and like what, what, how do I keep the lights on in this place? Like all those things? Not really. My dad and mom are really, really smart. They were both factory workers. Mom worked at the post office. Dad worked at Oscar Myers on the line. And, uh, like I said, even being both factory workers, uh, they managed to own a couple tiny rentals on the north side of Madison, one in Richland Center uh, themselves on two mm-hmm. factory workers on top of all four of us kids playing hockey, which is an excru- So my parents did really well for being factory workers. Um, so I think we would have, my dad and mom helped us where we mm-hmm. needed to as far as my dad's the brains of, of plumbing and electrical and drywall. And so he helped us remodel our first house and then our second house and our the next one we flipped. and. How much of a jump was buying the Merrimack Scoop? As youngsters, my parents would take us up to Devil's Lake fairly frequently throughout the summer. And we always took the ferry across Lake Wisconsin there. And we always, always, always stopped for ice cream on the near side. Oh, it's a thing. On the, on the way over there. You're right? sitting there waiting three ferries and you're looking over going, Mom, there's ice cream. That kid's got one. He's like, it's right there. And about eight, nine years ago, there was no more ice cream because the guy who owned it passed away. And his wife could not run it by herself anymore. She was not capable. So it sat there vacant. So every time we'd go to Devil's Lake, we're looking over there waiting for the ferry going, somebody's got to open that ice cream stand. Right. I mean, it's a, we're sitting here with a captive audience, you know? So for us, it was a no-brainer. But the price was $920,000. 
And we were going, dude, you got to sell a lot of ice cream for a million dollars to make that mortgage. So it came down to seven seventy five, and then seven fifty, and then six fifty, and six twenty five, and five twenty five. And one day my brother calls me at work, and he's like, "Hey, this thing's at four twenty nine right now." And it came with a little house and the ice cream shop, and it's a property it, on Lake Wisconsin. But when it hit four twenty nine, my brother, the realtor, Zach, crunched the numbers, and he's like, "Yo, we could make this work." We'd have to sell a heck of a lot of ice cream still to make a $400,000 mortgage. Excuse me. So we offer $400,000. She accepts it. And um, and we never looked back. We the, paid $400,000 for an ice cream stand. Why don't we take a break right now for the market update, and we'll come back and talk more ice cream in just a bit. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. It's time for the market update. In with today's market update is realtor Lindsay Cooper with the Lowell Realty Group. Thank you, Lindsay, for joining us today. Hey, my pleasure. So mortgage rates are at an all-time low currently, so lots of people are interested in the potential of refinancing their mortgages. One thing to consider is that there is a cost involved in refinancing that comes up front. It's going to be different for every mortgage, but a good number to keep in mind is 2 to 5% so that you know how long it will take you to recoup those upfront costs. All right. Well, thank you very much, Lindsay. You're welcome. And, uh, thanks for coming in. My pleasure. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. He is Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. Our in-studio guest is Casey Davenport. And ice cream, I think, is the topic we want to switch we're gonna, on we're to. We're going to go here. straight ice cream. We've yeah. talked a little bit about real estate. <laughs> and and you're, and from humble beginnings, it's, it's curious mm-hmm. that you're, you're bouncing around quite a bit. <laughs> But it was real estate that took that brought you to ice cream. Tell us about that space. I think everybody's pretty familiar with what it is. But that space. Let's is, hear it from you. That space is the ice cream stand on Atwood Avenue. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the ice cream stand on Atwood Avenue. Enough said. I don't even have to tell you the address. <laughs> if you can't miss it, it when doesn't you come really down the bike have an address. <laughs> no, no, it's just the ice cream stand. So we'll see you at the ice cream stand on Atwood Avenue this summer. But it's a. Tiny little Cracker Jack hole in the wall that is supposedly 357 square feet. And we have painted every square foot of that and done some really cute tile work. The windows were boarded up the entire time that I can recall. And as we were in there kind of just kind of putting a facade on the interior of the place, we will also do a facade on the exterior when the weather gets nice here in the next month or so because it's just a decrepit looking place and it deserves it is. the neighborhood deserves better uh-huh. the ice cream stand deserves better kids deserve better when they walk up to get ice cream so um uh we were like you know we need to put these windows back in here this is a no brainer 
356 square feet is the size of most people's living room, and they're going to try <laughs> yes. to try, try to sell, as he said, a lot of ice cream out of that space. So the, the place goes for sale, and that was last September, and the list price was $160,000. I looked into this because it would have, you know, in the old Monopoly game, I own the property immediately to the east, yeah, and this this triangle parcel, uh, I am told, or our architect shared with us once, will be very would be very important if we ever wanted to redevelop 2304 Atwood, mm-hmm. because if you're not a square, there's all kinds of different rules as it relates to oh. uh, to impervious surface and height. What when you're in a non-standard lot, the the ability to fill that lot is a lot easier. Oh, okay. So so this little so I, I look at this and I think and thinking to ourselves, well, could we just could we buy it at that price? And and allow the the then chocolate shop to stay, and could we could that even be a decent investment? Because it because mm-hmm. at that point uh, the Debmans had made clear that they that they did not intend to buy it, um, and and but they still had a, a, a right of first refusal. So anybody who would who would offer a certain price, they would have the opportunity then to buy it at that price, and that was that was uh, negotiated into their into their lease and something mm-hmm. that they had promised to them. So at 160, and we would have probably been able to find a way through equity or to, to pay cash for that price. And you talked about an awful big mortgage and on an ice cream shop on a river, that, yeah, that's, that's sitting on, that'd be, that would be plunking a lot of cash down that you can't use for other stuff. Right. So I had to look at this and if you're going to put $160,000 down, you have to think, well, if, even if it just sat in the bank, it would produce Let's put it. Let's put it in a mutual fund so it's doing something. You know, five <laughs> percent to two. <laughs> so let's get five yeah. percent. Could could the rent be the interest? Could that could the income I'm seeing in the rent from a, from a chocolate shop be an interest great enough for for the? And and it was just it was like almost like you wouldn't make a nickel. It was as if you had put that money. But then you would, and the triple net lease would have required the tenant to, to refix the building up, to keep it, to pay the taxes. So really, the only cost to you was the opportunity cost of your money being tied up. Right. You need to have some sort of return on that money being tied up. And the only benefit, so, so if I'm not receiving any benefit on the money being tied up, the only win was that it was mine right. and that I had control. Right. Yep. And that in time... And what's that worth? That's like an intangible that, that I'm very bad at judging. Right. <laughs> Nobody can judge that because <laughs> like you don't what? even know what the neighborhood's going to do next year. Hey, man, we're getting back to stay. Going to be another brand new day. When I'm walking with my baby down by the San Francisco Bay. So you offered, a, you, and, and they are inflexible on the asking price. They say, this is what we want. We want $160,000, which is like almost four times what they paid for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They bought it from the Nelson Brothers. And the Nelson brothers at one point owned all four of those properties that have now mm. got broken up because now it's mm. you and then me and then the little yellow house with Greta Garbo on it and then the blue one, which is Rhonda. Mm-hmm. So those were all owned together. Mm. They were probably thinking long-term, yeah. tear them down, and they were just holding them and not taking care of them. Yeah. And and now we're here. But they lost them when they redid the Dean Clinic site. So we're getting kind of... Neighborhood specific here, but at the at first in Atwood was the former Dean Clinic that yeah. got torn down, turned into senior apartments. The market comes in, the Nelson brothers can't finish the project. They lose a lot of their rental stuff in the neighborhood mm-hmm. because it was leveraged to the hilt. They mm-hmm. can't refinance. They lose them to the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of anchor banks pain 
came from them there. But mm. uh, so I wouldn't wish that on anybody for no, the record. Oh, I hate to see that stuff happen. Because um, you know how much heart and soul somebody puts yeah. into acquiring these things and, and trying to, and it's, to, it's rough. Uh, they they were local guys. They are local right. guys. They're still out there. Um, so you buy it. They the the chocolate shop passes on the first right of refusal, but almost because they think that they're going to be able to stay. Let me tell you just a little history on that place. When it came up for sale back in two thousand seven, was it? My family and I, again, we owned a couple rental properties already, and that thing came up for sale, and it was like forty nine or fifty thousand, like you mentioned, yeah. okay. But it had been in the market like a hundred days or something, and my brother, the realtor, finds it, and he's like, "Hey, this is a bomb neighborhood. We should jump on this crackerjack building. I don't know what we're gonna do with it, but for but we could offer thirty five thousand and probably end up with it. It's been on the market for a while, and and so my mom, again, she's a jumper as well. She says, "I'll take it." I'll, I'm gonna. I'll start a chicken wing stand and do some salads in there, right? And we're like, Mom, ah, oh, gosh dang it! At this point, we weren't in the food game, mm-hmm. and so we're like, we're thinking about it. We think about it, and we pass on it. It's not until we get into the ice cream game seven years ago or so and that like, we look Ooh. back and we go, I would never ever pass that building up again. <laughs> we were fools not to own that thing for thirty five, forty five, fifty, whatever the price was. We were fools not to own that place. Because look at what the ice cream game does now. Right. And then lo and behold, chocolate shop goes in there and he starts selling ice cream to the hilt. He's got a captive audience just like we do at the Merrimack Scoop. Yeah. And we're like, why in the world did we not own this place? We are I would never make that mistake again. <laughs> what a, for 35, 45, 50 grand? Why yeah. did we could have sat on that, you know? But we didn't. So I'm landscaping in Maple Bluff last last September where a lot of our clientele is and um my neighborhood, my neighbor, a friend and client and realtor yells across the fence to me, "Hey Casey, Gary, my realtor through this thing, Gary Presentine and real estate mogul. He says, Casey, how's the ice cream business? I said, it's good, Gary. What's going on? He says, is it good? I said, it's great, man. It's a little cash cow. We love it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I don't have to break my back scooping ice cream. You know what I mean? And so he says, you should buy another one. And I said, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm always looking, man. And he goes, you should buy that one over on Atwood. And and this I, verbatim, this is how the conversation started. And I said, I said, oh, my gosh, we missed out on that thing a handful. I didn't know it was 07. But I said, we missed out on that thing a handful of years ago. We were thinking about buying it for 35 grand, and, and we didn't. Now we kick ourselves every time we see that line for ice cream out. And I said, but we weren't in the ice cream game. We didn't know. And he goes, no, you should buy it now. And I was like, of course I would, but it's, <laughs> it, but it's not. Dude's not going to sell it. He said, it's for sale right now. And I said, What? Are you for real? And at this point, I'm thinking it's going to be 240, 250, something like that. You know, because I'm like, I know what it's worth in this neighborhood. And and I said, how much? And he says, 159.9. And I dropped my shovel. I might have thrown it. And I was like, what? Are you serious? And he's like, does that seem like a lot or a little? And I was like, that's a great price. I said, well, time out. It's not a great price in comparison to a handful of years ago when I was going to buy it. But I'll still take it. And he said, are you for real? And I said, yeah. Uh, I said, naturally, I'd rather use my brother. But since you brought this to my attention, <laughs> out, of lo- out of loyalty, we'll, we'll use you and give you the commission for this job. My bro- We didn't even see this on the market, of course. Yeah. We'll give you the commission. Yeah. So we were in Gary's kitchen 9 o'clock the next morning. My brother and I signed a paperwork writing up an offer. And I'm sitting at Gary's Kitchen Island. I said, hey. He says, hey, Case, 
there's what there's a couple of caveats and i was like what and he said well i said why is the chocolate shop selling it he said they're not the they're not the owner and i said what they've been yeah they've been selling ice cream out of there for six years or something he said no they're they're a tenant Teresa Bunky's Cafe owns it. I said, a chocolate shop rents it? He said, yeah, that's the caveat, is that they're refusing to leave because they say they have a lifelong lease for $600 a month. And I was like, that that doesn't seem reasonable. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I said that, I mean, that doesn't scare me, though, Gary. He said, well, um, the second caveat is that they have first right of refusal. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. I'm Adam Elliott. He's Ben Anton. Our in-studio guest is Casey Davenport. Ben, um, do me a favor. Define first right of refusal. What does that mean specifically when that happens? So you're my tenant, and I tell you, you know what? I'm going to sell this place someday, but but I don't want you to worry about that because I'm going to give you first right of refusal. Mm -hmm. And that means that I'm going to put the thing up on the market. We're going to let the market set the price, and then you are going to have an opportunity you're going to, you have the first right to refuse the opportunity to buy it at that price. And Casey, why was that such a detrimental point, a pivot point for you? Oh my gosh. When I heard that he had the right of first refusal, it was, uh, the wind was right out of my sails because when you found out that there was an offer for 160, you would just say, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it were me Mm -hmm. and I had the first right of refusal and somebody came in and offered 170, I would, as a first right of refusal, you either have to match their offer or you don't kind of get the place. Because again, right, like Ben said, you're letting the market set the value. You can't, you can't, I can't offer you, Adam, a first right of refusal and and give you a price of 65000 when I'm ready to sell. Because I could be screwing myself. I could be screwing mm-hmm. you. In 10 years, we don't know what that value is. So we have to wait and see how that plays out. Well, this plays out now. Yeah, they got it for 49000 or 45000 12 years ago. But that doesn't mean they're going to give it to you for 70000 80000 in 10 years. I mean, the market is what the market is. Because I, I know the neighborhood is just awesome, I was like, of course this thing's worth 160000 in that neighborhood. Other neighborhoods? Sure, maybe not. But in this neighborhood, with this community and this foot traffic, 160000 sweet deal. So as soon as I put my offer in, he's going to exercise his first right of refusal, and I'm going to be screwed. He's going to literally pull the rug out from under me. And I think that's about where you were in your sto- in your part of the story. So please continue on. So Gary says, that's where you're wrong. He's not going to exercise that because he feels like he's got a $600 a month lease that goes on in perpetuity, perpetually. It renews automatically. Ever, evergreen, I believe. Forever is one of the terms and ever and ever. Yep. Is that a normal thing? Evergreen no, leases that, like this? That's, that seems, not, that's yeah. not normal. Just a- But Gary says, case, seek legal counsel because he's been seeking uh, advice from attorneys that are telling him he's got a good case here and he's got a lease that should stand and and you're going to get yourself into a heavy legal battle. And my brother, out of respect to Dave, we've been buying $28,000 a year in ice cream from Dave at the chocolate shop and selling it at the Merrimack Scoop. He was our, he was our guy. We put his signage up everywhere and my mom and my brother were there every week picking up ice cream. Never once did they meet Dave Deadman, the owner of the chocolate shop. But my brother still felt obligated after we, he was feeling a little guilty, uh, after we left Gary's house signing the paperwork that day and writing up the offer. 
he had to go talk to Dave about this. Couldn't get it out of his heart to, to not. He felt like we were going to, like we were robbing somebody. So he goes to the chocolate shop and finds Dave Dedman, who he's never met. And he says, Dave, I'm Zach with the Merrimack School. He says, we just finished writing up an offer. We're going to buy the place on Atwood. But I understand that you have the first right of refusal, so I'm confident that, you'll, that you're going to buy it. I just wanted to come and, out of respect, tell you that if you don't, we're going to. Dave says, well, whoever buys it's going to have a hell of a long legal battle on their hands. And my brother is kind of like, ooh, but you're going to buy it, right? And he goes, no, it's way overvalued. It's only worth $80,000. My brother goes, that's not what my family thought. We all were pretty excited about the price, you know? Uh-huh. And he said, it's way overpriced. I, I, I'd give him $80,000. That's what it appraised at. That's what they're going to get for it. Otherwise, I've got a lifelong lease for $600 a month, and, and that's honored from all. I've got attorney paperwork that says that would have to be honored for all of the owner's moving forward. And he's like, plus I got $25,000 into the landscaping in the backyard that I'm going to recoup and all that stuff. And my brother uh, comes back to me and he goes, Case, you know, he's got a point, dude. I mean, it. all we're doing is driving the price up on him. At some point he's going to buy it, but we're making him go higher by bidding 160 for it. Now he's got to go 160. And I said, do we owe this guy something to give him a better deal? I said, look, this is owned by Bunky's Cafe, a super duper duper local catering company. I mean, it doesn't get any more local than Bunky's Cafe. That was a, a capitalism reach to, to go for 160, I, I felt. Yeah. And, 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 and to speed us up and to get us through some of the unpleasantness, yeah. uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll narrate or give, give some of the, take us through the next few steps. So, so you, you put your offer in, um, you know, Dave's got a chance. Dave doesn't take the chance. He, he decides to what some might call, or what some might say, he decides to lean in on the whole evergreen lease mm-hmm. and, um, and, and you buy it and he's, and he's not going anywhere. Right, and you are faced with uh, what, for the most part, is akin to a, a tenant holdover. Yeah, um, and uh, in in residential terms, you probably knew this was in, in residential terms. You can get in big trouble for this, um, but you just probably got your wrist slapped because on the day you closed, you went and you you put locks on the door. Your first introduction to the to the property and 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 formally to Dave was to was to be in court and and have the judge decide that that the lease cannot be evergreen. It was not, that's not a thing. I mean, it could be a thing, but I, I, I was fortunate or not fortunate, but I, I had, pri- I was privy to the lease and it was on Bunky's letterhead. It was not a, it was not a standard form. It was not a, mm-hmm. a bar approved document. It was not, uh, it, it was nothing but a couple people's thoughts about what might come up. Yeah. It wasn't even really a triple net lease, though it kind of, probably was being honored as such. It was, it was not, um, the, the, the language that I think Mr. Dedman used current and valid. We should also note at this point, this was a very public story. A lot of people are seeing what's happening. And and I think it settled down in the end. Like once everybody kind of got a feel for all that had transpired, I think everyone was being a little bit more fair and, 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 you know, as welcoming as our, as, as we would pretend to be, um, (laughs) in, in the Shankatwood neighborhood. So when, when they left, um, I think there was, there was probably some, some bad blood. There was a little, I think there was some some pent up anger and I, I won't, 
I won't go into that, and I don't think you should either. That, 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 would, that would not be classy. We um, won't, but let me, can I inter- interject one moment? If, if you're cool, yeah. Let me, yeah, I'll be cool. Uh, we, because uh, I'm not angry about this whole thing. I got no ill will towards anybody. I'm, I'm a, uh, people in my life, employees, friends, coworkers, mom and dad, they would tell you Casey is the kindest, most giving, lighthearted person. Again, fairly passionate, and I can get loud, but very kind. I will say this, you own a, a bunch of properties yourself, Ben, and tell me, what are a handful of things that you do the day you close on a property or within a day or so? Tell me, do, what, what are a few things that you would do? I have a thing that I do Yeah, tell me. What, I tell close. me what your thing is. I show up and I edge the sidewalk. I love that. You're a landscape. You're a, you're a <laughs> detail guy. It's like, I love that detail. It's nice. like I show up. It's a good way to see and be seen. Yeah. And it says to everybody, new sheriff in town. And, and I'm keeping the edges crisp. So going back to the lockout thing, when we buy a property, there's a handful of things that we must do. We switch the water and electricity into our own name. We put insurance on it that day, and we go change all the locks. And again, this is not my first property. It's not the first time I've changed locks. He just happened to fall victim to the lock changing because he refused to leave. There was nothing out of the ordinary. I didn't go in at midnight to change the locks. It was 9.30 in the morning, and I called a professional locksmith because I don't do commercial locks. For those of you at home or, or who are not paying attention, <laughs> the, the chocolate shop, when they left, it was kind of like a little, a little bit of scorched earth. I don't know. They, they, they like whitewashed. The, there, was a, there was a mural on the back, and they painted it over, and they, mm-hmm. they, it was a, there was oh, electrical yeah. lighting and some improvements, and they, they removed every, you know. they, they All the conduit and the Plumbing and the water bubbler. They did not want to see anything of value or that could possibly benefit the next guy left behind. And, and that is their right. But it was, it was you know, yeah, it wasn't very classy. So in, a, in an equally, in an equally, there I said it. I didn't like that part. Um, in an equally maybe not classy, but also maybe brilliant, we'll find out move, the chocolate shop has edged out. And I don't know if they edged out. Stone fence gift shop, gift house. Close gift, it up. Stone fence. Um, yeah. They they are yeah, closed. Out. They are yeah. closed now, and the chocolate shop is going to occupy that space. Right. Mm-hmm. You are um, a little bit loud and a little bit passionate about the the new shop and all that it can be. You at the corner have the opportunity you said uh, just like at the at the at the Merrimack you've got um you got people right captive there. audience captive it's audience right there yeah and, and but you me. are also adjacent a public asset that Jackson Plaza Jackson Street Plaza like it has become a thing mm-hmm. and that thing is then something that whomever is in that little triangle can benefit from mm-hmm. where where investment in public infrastructure mm-hmm can create opportunities for capitalism and commerce. Well, and those things that you just described, those those also are what, how some people might describe their community. What are the assets to your community? Well, hey, I got Mallard Stadium right there. You know, mm-hmm. That's like one of the key things that makes me want to participate in this community. That little store, like I yeah. think that's got like a similar feeling to it. It's, it's, it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why that purchase was a no-brainer to us. I want to thank you because... I asked you if you could give us some kind of exclusive, oh, and I know yeah. I know there's been there's been a lot of talk about because you you will not or you 
Are you? What are you going to sell at the Miramax Scoop? We will not be selling chocolate shop ice cream at either either location. And no, let me ask my question like the way I did it. Are yeah. you able to sell that ice cream at either of those locations? We are not able to purchase that ice cream. Yeah. Be- before we might go in to talk about like what may be sold there, yeah. I think like <laughs> like I hate to be that guy, but let's take a break I, and we'll come I, back yeah. and talk about <laughs> what yeah. those things are. Oh, you tease uh, before <laughs> before we wrap it up. Let's uh, pop out for Phil's phone. Hey Ben, it's Phil with a view from Beyond the 608. You know, it seems to me that the Atwood ice cream tussle is going to be a test of an economic theory commonly attributed to Jean-Baptiste Say. In his most popular understanding, Say's law goes something like this. In certain circumstances, supply creates its own demand. We most often hear about Say's law in connection with gambling casinos. Sometimes when we add gambling casinos to a certain region, aggregate demand actually increases rather than the casinos dividing the same demand. Maybe the same thing happens on Atwood Avenue. At first blush, I think we assume that with two ice cream shops within 225 feet of each other, they're going to cannibalize each other's demand, that is, fight over a finite amount of customers. But maybe Say's Law holds, and aggregate demand goes up, and both somehow win. I know as consumers, there's almost no way to lose with tasty choices within steps of each other. That's all for now, Ben. This is Phil with a view from beyond the 608. Listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Our in-studio guest is Casey Davenport, landlord, landscaper, and ice cream purveyor. Ben Anton uh, is just to my right, and my name is Adam Elliott. We've been along for the ride today. Uh, Casey, it's been fantastic. Like you're a great storyteller, so thank you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. For, Thanks so for, for having for me. For coming in here, we always like uh, to get as we wind down here one more thing out of you. Nobody knows what kind of ice cream you're going to sell at the Antwood Scoop. Do you? Yeah, we tried. We tried about four different companies. I'll say that. They were in Madison, Sun Prairie, Milwaukee. There were a couple of the ice creams that were really, really good and creamy, but they didn't have enough junk in them. You need you need junk. When you get turtle, you want a lot of fudge, caramel, and whatever kind of nuts they put in there, right? And, and then you when you buy chocolate with brownie you want a lot of brownie and caramel in there but after trying these four we went with cedar crest because they do a premium ice cream which means it's approximately 12 and a half percent buttercream fat and so it's a fantastic premium plenty plenty fattening for you so if if you thought that's what you were going to miss out with some new ice cream (laughs) don't you worry but what we really enjoyed about cedar crest is that when you look into their barrel of ice cream they have got they got the junk. They got caramel. <laughs> they got nuts. They got cookies, brownies, M and M's, and 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 swirls of all kinds of junk. We would have a lot of people come to us as we're serving chocolate shop ice cream and go, "You know what you need is Cedar Crest," and we're like, "What? We serve chocolate shop, right? This is the bomb, you know? Like, and chocolate shop does have it. They got a bomb ice cream, no question. And but they're like, you got to try Cedar Crest. They got so many flavors, so." 
we never put that together because they're out of Milwaukee. You know what I mean? We were going to go with something right here in Madison like Babcock, but they only Babcock only has 11 to 20 flavors depending on the season. Probably not enough junk yeah. in there either. Babcock's got good junk. Babcock's got <laughs> really good junk and a nice cream, a really nice cream. Chocolate Chop has got some junk and a really nice cream. The other ones that we tried... Creamy enough, but not enough junk. That's fantastic. Can we push it even further and say, do you have flavors that you know of that you can share, or is that still... These, that's one of the things we liked about them. Yeah. They've got 150, 180, oh. 200 flavors available to us at any moment. FYI, Casey, you're going to get about like eight of those flavors in that tiny little building. <laughs> hey, you, guys, you guys ain't seen nothing like it. I, we, I can't wait for the grand opening on this place because it is a sweet little space right now. It, talk about functional use of a tiny space. They visited tiny, Ikea. Tiny house, you, tiny house has nothing on us. Man, if you like that show, Tiny House, you got to come see our space. The tiny it'll, ice cream shop. It'll be about a 14-second tour. All right. Well, thank you so much, Casey, for joining us. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Find us online at inthe608.com. My name's Adam Elliott. He's been Anton. Ben, uh, what was that? That was Casey Davenport. He's quite the character. He is a character. And <laughs> He's great. You could, every, I, when I run into him on the sidewalk shoveling, it's just been a few times, but... You're going to sit there for a minute, so I hope it's you got your warm mittens on. Um, <laughs> it's time for a conversation. We right? wandered into quite a few stories there, but you can. It was it was good to meet him. It'll be a good introduction for people who who want to know a little bit more about from whence they came, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 to to know that there's that kind of energy and excitement coming to the uh, to the tiny little brick or the tiny little masonry building. I think yeah. I mean, I did not realize that he had a history of of wanting to buy and improve that space. That w- that like was that, new that to me as well. Way beyond the ice cream saga of East Side of Madison. The fact that they lamented not I buying know, that right? property, I know. and then for it to come up, and then for it to and, uh, to be such an unfortunate kind of like headbutt game to get, you know, like they, if they wanted it all along, that and they they really kind of like felt duty bound to I, buy it, was, and then it had to turn into a big hot mess. It was so fortuitous that they had like eyed that place up so many years ago and like that's how it played out. So, all well, right. There they are. But we also, uh, uh, we talked about uh, the ice cream theme and, and Shep. We covered some some good headlines. Yeah. We learned a lot about Monona history. Right. Um, yeah. it, it, it was interesting. These last two episodes, especially the one with, the, with, uh, with our insurance guy, Jeff, last with some of the East Side Madison history, I promise we're going to get some history from outside, not just the East Side. But uh, but I've really been enjoying some of the some of the tangents we've been going on with you, and and I'm so thankful for you to to hang out with us and listen. Yeah, it it is much appreciated that you join us on this journey. Um, if folks want to lo- learn more, there is the newsletter. There is the newsletter, which is uh, if 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 this right here is a is a magazine for your ears, mm-hmm. the twenty second twenty second read. It's a podcast for your eyes. Funny story. That there's a guy. There's, I mentioned the guy who's working. His name is uh, his name is Tay, and uh, he he said I I found you online. I listened to your podcast. Oh, our lo- millennial listener, it. yeah, our millennial listener. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we we went and wrote an offer on a place on the north side. Oh. We did not get it. Okay. 
and it was our first offer, and I, I felt okay with that because we went to our number that was a, was about as high as I thought we should go, mm-hmm. and we didn't get it. Um, but he got, he went back. He got like introspective, like it like it like hit him, and uh, and he went back and he read, he read twelve months worth of twenty second twenty second read. <laughs> wow. And he and he did some he, research, yeah. And it was like enlightening to him, and it and it really it helped. So I'm not thinking that anyone out there would ever do that, except him. But he did it, and he liked it, and he felt better about himself afterwards. It was it was it was kind of to watch the ebb and flow of the year. I think is what it helped him oh, do. I gotcha. This isn't a plug for the book of the the twenty second twenty second read. If you if you yeah. sign up if you sign up for it, which you can do at. Um, at, at Real Estate in 608 on Facebook, you can hit sign up. Um, and then once you get your first one, you can view past episodes. Oh, very and, nice. Uh, it's, he, he liked it. Awesome. It well, made me feel good that I write it. Oh, thanks to Tay. Did you say his yeah, name? Yeah, Tay. Was? All right, Tay. That's great. Um, we appreciate you listening, Tay. Um, we have some other thanks to uh, say, too. Of course, to the musicians uh, that you've been listening to this episode of Real Estate in the 608. Ren Claw, El Donk, Bob Westfall. And Seesaw. Seesaw. Gotta love the Seesaw. The Mad City Jug Band. You've been hearing uh, music from, too. We should thank our guest today, Casey Davenport, of uh, Best Buds Lawn Care. Best Buds. The Buds are his brothers, it's, it sounds yeah. like, right? Yeah. And he, he was, to, it was totally like I thought. Like, I joked about Lola and her dog walking business. <laughs> well, that's, they, they did that, and it stuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Financed their first, their first <laughs> rental purchase at 19, which reminds which. You know, I always try to reference old episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me of Jesse Miller, yeah. who was in the military and came home to, and told his buddies he was going to buy a car, and then his mother tricked him into buying a house. No, buy a house. So, <laughs> so there, there in both of those cases was a, a woman who made her money in real estate, who who oh, spoke right. to a young yeah. man and said, "Don't be foolish." buy a house. I wish I had that mentor at age 19. I was too busy. <laughs> I, I won't talk about what I was doing at age 19. <laughs> You're at Vic Pierce. Yeah, right. Apparently so. All right. Thank uh, you, Adam. Thanks, Ben. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough real estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via emails to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. And come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game you're always playing at your favorite arcade? Could be taking the eight, and we could be record breaking.
Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours? Did you buy in at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather me So I'm singing you this waiting song